Welcome, everybody, to the Eyes on Big Podcast, your go-to Big Ten football podcast, brought to you by the Amador Whiskey Company. I'm your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek, joined this season by... This is Jordan here. Jordan, are you on Twitter? I am on Twitter. I am Jordan Eggleston on Twitter at JWEggleston7. And I am Jeffrey the Greek at Jeffrey the Greek. Thank you so much for listening and downloading the podcast. We very much appreciate that. As we record here on Wednesday evening, uh, halfway point of the football season uh, always happens too sad fast. A little sad bit face. of yeah, it's 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 even worse than a sad field goal, as you like to point out. <laughs> this is way worse than a yeah. sad field goal. I, I really am always shocked how fast it goes. Um, it's amazing. Yeah, seems like we were um, just talking about fall camp. Yeah, because like August seems so far away from mid October, but it's it's just not. You know, six seven weeks goes by. Um, so obviously we have got uh, six games to break down here uh, in this podcast, but a little bit shorter uh, collection of games, couple of these games, not much to break down. So Jordan thought he, he had a little idea for this podcast and I very much like it. So Jordan, you go ahead and set it up. We'll go from there. Yeah. So we're at the halfway point of the season. So I wanted to do a quick little my thoughts on every team so far this year. So some of these are hot. Hot takes. Some of these are bold predictions. Some of these are future outlooks. Some of these are what the season's been. Yeah. They're all a little bit different based on team, but it was just kind of a fun little thing. I thought to here's what I'm thinking about all 14 teams, and we'll kind of bounce some ideas off of you yeah. and see what you think. And won't be too long. We're, we're going to be quick. Yeah. We've, we've already committed. This will be a quick little segment. So okay. we we got to come up with a segment. You know, Aggies takes or something like that. We'll Twitter see gets, how much backlash I get on Twitter, and if it's really ooh. bad, then maybe we will have. Oh, uh, if, here, if but... it's backlash and somebody, hey, throwing it out there to the eyes on big listeners, if you've got a, a title for the segment, we, we are taking what we are taking titles in. And Absolutely, both. we are taking okay? suggestions. Here. Okay, I like I like it. All right, uh, Jordan's going to throw them out there. I might add a thing or two at it, but our our goal is somewhere around forty five seconds to a minute each one of these, and we'll we'll get moving. Okay, start it out. Go. All right, so I'm going to start with Illinois. My number one take is the season is kind of what it is. I want to start seeing the young guys. I want wow. to see some young players. I want to see some new faces. Let's let's build for the future. This year, to me, is gone. I I do have a couple notes written down. This was one of them. Uh, you, you took you you took the words right out of my mouth. I was going to add on, and I think you're going to see that at running back. So good one for Illinois. Nice work. Yep, Indiana. The unfortunate part here is I don't think that Tommy A makes it through the season. I can see him only having a few games left, and eventually the Tom Allen era comes to an end in Bloomington. Yeah, the uh, firing of the offensive coordinator is the proverbial throwing the decks off the chair, uh, uh, or throwing the chairs off the deck of the Titanic. Nice, nice setup by me there. Uh, it, it is the same way. Um, same, same thing though. Uh, if if you're a younger guy, you would hope and think you would get into the game at the end of the year, depending on when this firing happens. But we will see. Yep. Moving up my list, I have Northwestern. Meet your new head coach. Wow. Yeah. David Braun. And I think Northwestern takes the interim tag off at the end of this year and they give him a shot. It may only be a one year. Let's see what he does with his team, but I think he gets a shot next year. If he gets to six and six, I think he's officially uh, the, the interim is removed. How do you feel about four or five wins, meaning one or two more wins? But with given what the season was expected to be, I th I think that's still a success. I, I don't think it's a disappointment at any point the rest of this year. That's why I think he gets a shot. I am very impressed. And if I was a Northwestern fan, it would be something I would be 
very open to. That's a great take. Yep. Purdue, unfortunately, I don't think this is going to be the worst season that we're going to see for Purdue. I have a feeling this Ryan Walters build is going to take a couple years. I think next year could look a little worse. We'll see what the TP does. If they can do some heavy lifting in the transfer portal to really overhaul this, this could be wrong. But what I'm seeing, I think we may have another year next year where it looks just as rough right now. But wow. I do think Ryan Walters gets this turned around. I just think it's going to take some time because what he wants to do isn't a quick build. It's a slow build. Wow. You, you saved you saved yourself a little bit there. I don't know if you've ever noticed uh, the the uh, aggressive style of some Purdue fans, but they're, they're there. Because you not only pooed over the rest of this season, you pooed all over next season as well. But you kind of saved yourself there. I got a little bit more well, faith. Once he gets his type of guys on defense, he can have the defense looking better. But there are a lot of warning signs that this will be a struggle bust year this year. And that's what I'm saying. I mean, this season, there's a few more potential wins on the schedule this season, but it's a down year. There are some, there's a lot of losses coming up for Purdue on this schedule. That's what I'm saying. I don't think this is the worst of it. I think next year might be a little worse, but I do think. Walters turns it around eventually in Purdue. I think he's the right guy for the job. I just yep. think it's going to take some time. Yep. Moving to Michigan State. <laughs> okay, first of all, it won't be Urban Meyer. Let's let's get rid of that right now. That's <laughs> that's gone. Okay. I do think that this coaching hire takes a very long time for Michigan State, and I do think that's really bad for the program. I'm very interested to see what the transfer portal does to this team the rest of the year. There's rumors out from our guy Dougie saying that. You know, after the Michigan game, there could be a mass exodus. Interested to see that. So my prediction here is this coaching hire takes entirely too long, and I don't know why, but I think it's going to take forever for them to land on a guy. All right, interesting enough. Don't have much to add. Keep going. Nebraska, Matt Rule continues his trend and takes a massive leap in year two. Okay. I've been very impressed with what I've seen from this Nebraska team. I think they've really turned some corners and some areas of real weakness and i feel like these guys are buying into what rule selling so i think the rest of this year you see them continue to build and i think next year's a big jump for nebraska uh especially when you consider all the injuries they've had yep. on offense uh, the one caveat i would say is they need to hold on to defensive coordinator tony white as hard as they possibly can you want him in uh, lincoln as long as you possibly can yeah i agree there completely minnesota I have a question for you on this one. Has PJ Fleck worn out his welcome? With because me? I feel like Minnesota no with Minnesota fans. Right. I feel like Minnesota fans are getting tired of PJ, and I'm wondering if we're coming to an end of an era of PJ in Minnesota. I, I will never answer for another fan base. I don't even like answering for the Iowa fan base. Uh, <laughs> so I, I will I, but I will say if I were a Minnesota fan, he would not have worn out the welcome just yet. I do want to see how the rest of this year goes but i there the sh the shtick is running thinner and thinner with more and more i will say that yep that that's my that's my read on this i think this minnesota team can still win games this year and i think yep. eight nine wins is still possible but yep. i just get that feeling i'm gonna save iowa towards the end because i oh. want to see your reaction when i give you my iowa take okay ruckers i've been the biggest ruckers fan this season i think that's no secret but in my looking at the schedule you got to get this bowl game locked up in these next two weeks yep they gotta I, get this there's get, get two to winnable game. games here and the schedule gets a hell of a lot harder yep get to a bowl game win bowl game that that yep. is the number one goal and i'm not I saying think that's fire I think it's attainable 
Absolutely. I'm not saying fire Shiano if you if you don't. Uh, and and on top of that, and this will be built into that, keep whims at developing. Maryland, this is going to really win me over on Maryland Twitter. The team is better. The players are better. The talent is better. But have they reached their ceiling in the Big Ten? Possible. I'm um, really starting to wonder if Maryland has reached their ceiling in the Big Ten. And then, uh, and then, is that going to be good enough for Maryland fans? Um, right with locks. And, and uh, with that, I, I would like to see more Maryland fans in the stands when when we tune in sure. to home Maryland games. Like that helps. So that's the one thing I would throw out there. And like we said last pod, nine and three bull win, ten and three. That's a that's a fun year. That's a fun year. Yeah. Is is it enough for Maryland fans is the question. Right. All right, Wisconsin. So I think everybody would agree right now they look like the favorite in the West. My question would be, is this team, Luke Fickle-led Wisconsin, capable, and the Tanner Mordecai-led offense, capable of being that lead horse and being the hunted the rest of the way? Or do they end up dropping a game that they shouldn't drop? Because I on paper, with their schedule, Ohio State game not included, they'll probably be favored or very close in all of these games. Can this team handle it? We see, we learn a lot about Luke Fickle-led team the rest of this way. They are favored to win this weekend. They are favored to lose against Ohio State. Is there a game in between there or after that that they drop? It's a unique. It's a it's a good question. Yep. Uh, Penn State. Um, everybody's been high on Penn State all year. I've stood on this. Since the beginning of the year, and I'm going to stay on it now. This isn't Penn State's year, and it's no fault of their own. But next year, I think they come into the season as a national championship favorite. Penn State's very good. Penn State's going to be very good. My prediction, which goes into what I'm going to say next, is I think Penn State only loses one game this year. Yeah, uh, but that's you- because of something else we're going to talk about coming forward. Got to win one of the big two games. In right. order to serve that plate up going into next year, but interesting. Yep, and and I think they do. So here we so here we go. Ohio State. This is the Michigan side of me a little bit, and I think it leaked out a little bit. But I've been listening to a lot of things. I truly, truly believe Ohio State loses at least at least two games this year, and there is part of me that can see them losing three games this year. And that's not include that's three regular season games. I think Penn State and Michigan both get them. And if they don't clean it up a little bit, Wisconsin can get them in Madison. Wow. Um, I would say Ohio State loses at most, at most two games. And that would be factoring in a bowl game in there. So I Methinks you're a little harsh on the Scarlet and Gray. But that's, that's hey, and they know what yeah. that's possible. I said some of these were bold predictions and hot takes. Yeah. That could All be right. the Michigan side of me. All right, let's All go right. to Iowa. I don't know how you're going to feel about this. But I already, know, I already know what you're going to say. Go ahead. I think that Kirk Ferentz retires at the end of the year. Brian Ferentz rides off to the NFL, and we're looking for a new head man in Iowa. It's it's not that it's not that huge of a call not to not to take wind out of your sails. I mean, he's been there for you know almost quarter century. Uh, things are a change in, and it also another thing is. KF and BF don't seem to give a bleep about the, you know, drive for 325. It's just one of those things that Iowa fans look at as, you know, a probable thing. All right. And I'm saving Michigan for last because it's my team and I wanted to, and this is my segment. So I did that. <laughs> um, 
But my my preseason when I did the little fan thing was I said Michigan was 15 and 0 national champions as the fanatic of it. Now I'm going to ask you this question. You're a little bit older than me. Is this the best Michigan team that you've ever seen? Yes. Um uh 04, right? Uh and obviously 97. Um compar- comparable Those teams it, had some flaws in them. That, right, comparable but I I think overall from what I'm seeing Michigan is better but I do, I both want to not be the they haven't played anybody guy, but also right. I do need to see what it looks like when they play more 100%. quality. And, and what we'll, I would we'll get there, but. and what I would add to that is it's annoying to me. I would think it's annoying to you that it goes Penn State, Maryland, Ohio State last three games of the year. I wish Rough. one of them was pulled into October. That's that's it's ridiculous to me, but yeah. All right. So that's what that I got. A, that's all that 14 a... teams. You can hate me. You can yell at me on Twitter. That's fine. Just kind of my little fun little thing. A couple jabs Absolutely. here and there because I had two. And yep. some of these I think are pretty realistic. Fun so. little segment. Fun little segment. I appreciate it. All right. Should we go into the football that we're playing this weekend? Jordan, he says yes. And I'm ready. Away we go. We got six games this weekend. Three games early. Three games in the afternoon. For whatever reason, this sits well with me this weekend. I'll be interested to check out a game, a team or two in the evening. That's not a Big Ten team. So kind of looking forward to that a little bit. I wish Oregon and uh, Washington was the night game. That's an afternoon game. That's the one thing I could change about this weekend. I would really love to check out those two future Big Ten teams playing. I'll check them out as much as I can. I wish that was a night game. Um, yeah, we that's going to be an epic one. That is going to be a good one. I think Oregon wins. That's going to be my – I think Oregon wins and covers. That's is it in complete. Oregon? I'm not sure, <laughs> so I should probably know that. Uh, but I, I just think Oregon's a more complete team. So that's interesting. All right. I wouldn't disagree there. I think their defense is better. Yep. We got three Big Ten teams idle this week. The Minnesota Golden Gophers, the Nebraska Cornhuskers, and the Northwestern Wildcats. Uh, everybody, just so you know, a lot of rain and wind in the forecast this weekend. Yeah, just yeah. assume <laughs> there is rain and wind in All the over the Midwest this weekend. Uh, and... By the way, just so people know, uh, on my year for the picks, I am 27, 24, and 3 uh, against the spread, 50 and 10 straight up, and 4 and 2. So would love to have another good weekend to keep the good vibes going. First, and I haven't up, kept my stats that closely. <laughs> well, if you ever want to, that's up to you. First game up, all of these games, by the way, are on Saturday, October 14th. First game up, the 2 and 3 Indiana Hoosiers at the 6 and 0, number 2 ranked. Michigan Wolverines. This is an 11 o'clock a.m. game on Fox. Big noon game. Line Michigan by 33 and a half over under 46. I think it's screamed down. So Vegas is saying something like 42 to 7, something like that. 41 to 6, something like that. Windy and rainy in the forecast. What you looking at here, Jordan? Yeah, I think that line screaming down is 100% the rain and all mm-hmm. that people in that in consideration but yeah, so all time let me series, say this, me say this. They, the, the rain and wind is washing away the value in a lot of these games that, that i had <laughs> it at really the beginning is. of the week yeah go ahead Sorry if you were able to get your bets early you you may have some real winners early on that's why the smart betters bet on sunday correct all right so michigan leads the all-time series 61 10 including last year in bloomington 31 10 michigan fans will remember that as the mike hart game that's where he had the seizure on the sideline and then the team started to wake up from there so for me, I'll start with the Michigan side of it because I don't think we have as much to cover on that end Then we can go to Indiana. The number one thing I'm looking for with this Michigan team is stay healthy and keep momentum going. 
Like keep building on what you're building and stay healthy. Don't get hurt. There's just not much to break down here. Um, this this will I I keep I compared uh, the Minnesota game last week to those early season Mac Mac like yep. games. I think it's going to look something like this. Uh, here, here's my take on part of the reason why some of those games were actually even less scoring is because they're at home. And I think Harbs pulls third and four stringers out to play in this game. There's more players available at home. You have you you travel with much less players. Oh I yeah, they had that, 75 and 74 played last week at home. You can play 80, 90 guys. And I think honestly that plays into it. I think the the rain and weather plays into this. Like I I just see a easy win, get out type of deal. Um, for Indiana, the only thing I, I guess that would make me a little bit anxious, uh, and by the way, I say anxious, do you cover or not? Do you have to leave your starters out there for three quarters? Um, will there be a new wrinkle with the new offensive coordinator? A couple things I haven't seen on film. And then Jalen Lucas and Taven Jackson, they always have, you know, when you have a mobile athletic quarterback and a really talented guy in the return game with Jalen Lucas, do they pop something here and there on Michigan? That's something to look for, I guess. Well, I know the special teams-wise, Michigan's, their kicker has had like almost, it's like an 80% touchback rate. So that can almost take Jalen Lucas out of the game. For me, for Indiana, I mean, you you, you got to have your best athletes, like you said, Taven Jackson, Jalen Lucas. They've got to be special. They're going to have to make some plays. There can't be turnovers. We saw what, what happened to Minnesota. Two pick sixes really that crushed that game. So... If Indiana wants to stay in this game and fight, they've got to play clean. And like you said, they're going to have to get creative. I think their front seven is going to do enough to slow Michigan down at first, but eventually they'll get they're they're going to get worn out. They just can't be on the field the whole time. So their offense is going to have to try to help that defense and try to sustain a few drives. Yeah, um, we see the same thing. Let's just go ahead and get into the prediction. To be honest, the most intriguing thing about this is the line in the in the game total because to me they are dialed in tight i mean so tight on this so i've got michigan 40 indiana seven okay that's a half point cover for indiana so that is my word out there for people like i ain't feeling you know uh, confident about this at all and at 47 points i got that going just just barely over a one point over this thing is as you know tight as a toenail i'm not touching it but we we predict them and there it is yeah, so I got Michigan 42, Indiana 3. So I have them just barely covering, and I have them just barely under. So we're in the exact same spot here. I could see this swinging either way. I mean, how about that? We literally predicted almost the exact same game, but because of the one or two point difference between us, that's the difference in who covers yep. in the over-under. Exactly, I think that's that shows gonna... you how close this is. Yep. Next game up, the 2-3 and three Michigan State Spartans going to the East Coast to take on the 4-2 and two Rutgers Scarlet Knights. This is an 11 o'clock a.m. game on BTN line. Rutgers by 5 this total has screamed down. We are now at 39.5. Jordan Vegas is Ooh. saying something like 23 to 18 Rutgers as the, is the theme. Windy and rainy in Piscataway. Yeah, this game is really intriguing to me this week. I'm going to be very interested in this game. I wish it wasn't the same time as the Michigan game. But, you know, Sparty coming off an idle week. I'm. It's no secret my feelings about Rutgers. I'm interested to see how these two teams match up because, you know, Rutgers stops the run, runs the ball well. Michigan State's defense struggles against the pass a little bit, but has been okay against the run. And what's their best piece on offense? It's Nathan Carter. 
So it's a it's a very good strong on strong here. So I'm interested to see who takes over in this game. I I know exactly what we have with Rutgers. Okay, um, strong defense. I, I a good rushing attack. I, I I felt they got away from that last week. Uh, checked with our guy Brick Aaron Brightman. Uh, they also felt the game plan versus Wisconsin last week left a lot to be desired. I I would want them to get back to rushing to running the ball so that Wimset and that's both with Wimset and the fun guy Kyle Manungai. Because I think you need that because that gets Wimset back into rhythm so that he's throwing on, you know, on schedule and everything like that. He has to be in that type of offense. They need to get that. So force it. You have to force the rushing attack to get Wimset comfortable. So I think you'll see that again. Michigan State, though, I just think they're a little bit better than people are given. Like, I, I'm a little surprised how people have just completely written this team off and just put them out to dead. Okay, I... I'm not saying they're they're going to be great. Probably not going to make a bulk tough schedule, but like people are just leaving them out to dead a little bit too much for me. I still think they're pretty decent defensively and pretty decent running the ball. So I, I still think there's something here that's working for Michigan State. And I mean, I mean, some of the some of the criticism against Michigan State is it is warranted because yeah. I mean, the two wins are against bad teams, the three losses are against better teams. But then that gets into what I'm seeing here. Like this Rutgers team isn't Richmond or Central. I think this Rutgers team falls more into the Iowa Maryland group. And I'm not gonna put them with Washington because we both agree Washington's yeah. up here. But yeah, I think Rutgers falls more into that group of a better team. So that's why this game is so interesting to me. Like this is a much more level matchup for Michigan State. The Iowa game, we thought they had a shot at it, and then they just they couldn't take that game. So right. on the road. Off an idle week, like does this Michigan State team have a little more juice? That's what I'm curious about. Yeah, they need somebody besides Nathan Carter. Like we know, I agree. We, you, we you know, know they, he's special. You know what they need? They need Noah Kim to not turn the ball over. Just be, be, be yes, yes. I, that is it. That, that that is the only note that I have here during the idle week. They should have said something to Noah Kim approximately four thousand five hundred and sixty-two times. Quit turning the bleeping ball over. It would look completely different if they did. I mean, you know, they beaten they beat Washington. Don't get me wrong, but like the, some of these games would look completely different. I I still think he's talented. When he pulls it and runs, he's impressive. He gets out of he gets out of you know pressure pretty well. Like just throw the ball ball away, brother. You know, like you don't need yep. to make a play. Like so. And, and another thing that I just can't get out of my head in this game is two things. Number one, what if Michigan State goes up ten nothing, seven nothing? In this game, do we feel confident yeah. Rutgers is going to come back? On the other, well, I mean, side, they kind of did against Wisconsin last okay. week. They were down and they plucked back. They, they did get all the way there, but on the other side, I, I I have put a little bit more faith in Michigan State, and they've bit me a couple times. So, like, I feel like I'm damned if I do, damned if I don't on some of this stuff. Definitely one of the more intriguing games that we have on Saturday, especially when you look at the lines and everything like that. So, like. Ultimately, ultimately, though, uh, I I just don't yet trust Michigan State to not turn the ball over, you know, or at least such a, you know, one or nothing. That's hard for me to see. Two seems to be about the best you can hope for. If it's one or especially zero, I think Michigan State can win this game, but I haven't seen that yet. I also, I, I, I think Rutgers just wants it more. I hate kind of using that as a bit of a fan tropey type of deal, but I think it plays a little bit here. Rutgers is at home. So there's a lot of that stuff that's out there. I just kind of go back to, I'm a, I'm a little bit surprised how much people are putting them 
out to die. So I'll just go ahead and jump in. I've got Rutgers yep. 21, Michigan State 17. So I've got a Michigan State cover. And at 38 points, I got that under. That was like six points under, you know, beginning of the week. Now it's only a point and a half under that game total. Wow. Well, I don't okay. know how you do it. I don't know how you do it. Do we do it again? I got Rutgers 21. I got Michigan State 17. <laughs> We see the exact same game. I think this game's close the whole way. I think Michigan State covers. It's This is a good game. I could see this game yes. swinging either way. And like you oh, said, yeah. the turnovers are 100% the deciding factor in this game. Yeah, I've already committed to this being my TV2 game and Michigan-Ohio State flipping back and forth on, 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 the, on the number one TV for how this goes. Folks, that's our that's our third time this year we've called. We're one and one. That's it. We're one, one and one. one. So. Okay, this is the rubber match. Folks, I swear we don't try to do it. There's no, it's, there's, you no, can't there's, see my screen. It's a separate screen. There's, yep. there's nothing there. We barely even really talk about these games ahead of time. <laughs> we really like we're don't. even getting a sense out of one another. All right. That brings us to our last uh, early day game. The 5-0, number three ranked Ohio State Buckeyes coming into West Lafayette to take on the 2-4 and four Purdue Boilermakers. This is an 11 o'clock a.m. game on the cock. Line Buckeyes by 19 and a half. Hit the cock. Line Buckeyes by 19 and a half over under 49.5. Vegas is saying something like 35 to 15. Buckeyes probably windy. Not maybe quite as rainy as from what the forecast is looking at, but what you got here? Yeah, Ohio State leads this all-time series 49, 15, and 2. Uh, last time they played was 2021. Buckeyes won 59-13. I will mention the last time they played in West Lafayette was 2018. Yeah. And every Buckeye team remembers what happened in 2018. Yeah, and I swear, I swear that thinking is playing into this line. It at has least to be, right? At least a little bit. Okay. Let's talk a little that bit. That line on, hasn't moved. That line hasn't moved. It has not moved. It, the, the total has gone down. The spread has not, which is interesting. All right, let's talk first about your Ohio State Buckeyes, Jordan. Um, <laughs> yeah. So here's the deal. I just threw up in my mouth a little bit. Here's the deal. I, I Okay. And, and I'm talking to you here. And I'm talking to okay. some, honestly, I'm talking to some Ohio State fans as well. And just general Ohio State haters. Okay. Like, I'm not saying I'm going to get a Ohio against the world shirt anytime soon. <laughs> There is an Ohio against the world feel, and I I feel it for Buckeye fans sometimes. Again, I'm I, I'm not I'm not a Buckeye hater as much as you, so I don't think Commodore's that bad. Okay, like you throw out stats, you could arguably make statistically this is one of the top two quarterbacks in in the Big Ten. Okay, so like, is there something so bad? about Kyle McCord, A, not turning the ball over, and then B, taking YOLO shots to Marvin Harrison. Like, if the only thing he does the rest of the year is not turn the ball over and hit successful YOLO shots to Marvin Harrison, they're going to have a lot of success, Jordan. Like, I feel like people are expecting way too much Justin Fields and former quarterbacks out of him. I don't think he necessarily needs to be that quarterback. No, I agree. He doesn't need to be that quarterback. The reason that I'm more down on Ohio State offensively than 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 well, maybe not than other people, but the reason I'm personally down on their inability to establish any kind of running game in this offensive line just doesn't seem to be getting any better. And it all fits together when your front seven isn't as nervous about 
throws getting completed right behind their heads, middle of the field. Okay. Cause when a, when a quarterback and an offensive coordinator are super duper comfortable and boy, have the Buckeyes been super duper comfortable on offense for quite some time. They take those shots in the middle of the field because they ain't got no worries about what's going to happen because they're that in tune. We don't have that right, right. now with Ohio State. So the defenses can pack a little bit more in and make them run. On top of that, the offensive line, I think admittedly by Ohio State fans, not what they would expect an Ohio State offensive line to be. Another one that is going to make a difference this year. We got two, we got two things that are going to help out the Buckeye rushing attack this week. Okay. I believe Travion Henderson is back. That's that's the rumor that we are hearing. Don't you dare think for a second having a home run threat back doesn't make a huge difference. Suddenly, oh, you bust sure. a 48-yard run and your yards per carry goes up way more. Also, we are going against a Purdue defense that ain't ready for the, the big time. So, like, there are things, in my opinion, that are happening in this game that just not enough people are paying attention to from, from my somewhat trained set of eyeballs. Yeah, that's that's one note I made about this game is this is a game where this offensive line needs to get some confidence because this is a situation where they should be able to dominate this game because, like you said, this Purdue defensive front has left so much to be desired. It just doesn't seem to be clicking yet. So I expect to see this Ohio State offensive line really gel here and be able to give Travion Henderson and Chip Traynham some room to run. I want to see them try to run the ball a little bit and have some success because that will alleviate some of my concerns. Okay, I I I believe the playbook is open for Ohio State. Uh, I believe there are going to be a lot of second threes that are going to happen here uh, in this game, and it's not going to look great for Purdue. Switching over to Purdue. Right. Um, well, last thing I'd say on Ohio Ohio State is I I still don't feel like people understand how good Ohio State's defense is. Uh, no, they've they've impressed me. They, they, as much they, as I've been disappointed with the offense, the defense has impressed me. I will and, say that. And, and I don't know. I feel I feel like there's this this Big Ten specific podcast that, that called this at the beginning of the year that this would be more of a defensive led team, and it would weird Buckeye fans and maybe even just general fans out. But that's what I think I see here. So now we've got a oh, uh, Purdue offense. Okay, we I I you know I I got a firsthand you know look at them last week when they played Iowa. Iowa's defensive line is good. Ohio State's defensive line is at least as good, probably better. Right, and now right. Purdue's offensive line is even worse. Late in the game, they lost their best tackle in that game. Ohio, uh, Purdue's O-line is grabbing people. Like I'm pretty sure that the O-line coach is telling them, just grab people, make them throw the flags. You're going to see a lot of flags in this game. You're going to see plays coming back, second and 20s. It, I, I'm sorry, but this is what I'm seeing. Like, I'm, I just don't know where the points are going to come from in Purdue in this game, even when, if, if it's going to be not the best conditions, a lot of people are talking about how that doesn't help Ohio State. I, I don't think it helps Purdue out that much either. So I, I, see, I, see a rough, I see a rough afternoon for Hudson Card. By God, I hope that guy makes it to the end of the year behind this offensive line with <laughs> yeah, some no defenses he's going to have to go up against next. Yeah, I mean – the offense for Purdue, it's it's got to be Hudson Card and Deion Burks. They're they're gonna have to to find a way to, and maybe it's some quick game, maybe it's screens, bubble screens, whatever. It's got to be something because if there was one area where you've seen a little, just a smidgen of leakiness from Ohio State, is they've given up a few plays, but even that is so few and far between. Yep. There's just not a whole lot of holes out there to attack. So to me, that's where it has to be if you're gonna get points. But I'm with you. 
I don't I don't see a whole lot of points for Purdue here. I think Ohio State like 19 and a half. But you texted me when that line came out and thought it smelled funny. Yeah. The longer I've looked at it with I it does smell funny. So I played it okay. personally. Okay. But yeah. Go for so it. Where I'm at, where I'm at with this game, I got Ohio State 38, Purdue 13. Okay. So that's 51. So just over that 49 and a half, but it's 25 points safely over that 19 and a half so yeah uh it is a stinky cheese line i admit it but you have taught me to be bold and trust my eyes so i'm going to continue on with that theme yes i know ohio state can't run the ball very well yes i know west lafayette is a quote unquote house of horse let's be honest it's one <laughs> it's one freaking game that people still talk about and yes i know this is a look ahead game for ohio state i see it all you know what i also see a struggling Purdue team and Ryan Day wanting his team to roll into that Penn State game feeling good. So I th- I think we're going to get that. I've got Ohio State 35, Purdue 10. So that's an Ohio State cover at 45 points total. I have that going just a little bit under. And I feel so good about that Ohio State 19 and a half. I have made it my Amador double barrel lock of the week. Speaking I had a feeling of- that was going to be your lock. Yep, yep. Well, I wasn't exactly hiding it between me and you. <laughs> Speaking of Amador Double Barrel Lock of the Week, the iZone Big Podcast is sponsored by the Amador Whiskey Company. Our unique process takes the highest quality Kentucky bourbon and finishes in California wine barrels. This double barrel aging technique creates characteristics from the individual barrels that are blended together to make an exceptional whiskey. Perfect sip, neat, or in your favorite bourbon cocktail, Amador is the perfect go-to this fall on game day. Amador Whiskey Company, born in Kentucky, raised in California. Moving in to the afternoon, the two and four Illinois fighting Illini traveling to the East Coast or near to or near to it, I should say, to take on the five and one Maryland Terrapins. This is a 2.30 p.m. game on NBC line Terps by 14. That line has stuck right there all week long. Over under come down a little bit though. We are now at 51. So Vegas is saying something like 33 to 19 Terps. Windy and rainy game in Maryland as well. We, we literally just copy paste insert over every game. Pretty much. Windy, rainy. It's, Pretty much. it's awful all weekend. Yep. Uh, only the third matchup for these two teams. So Maryland leads 2 0 all time. So the line I have never beaten the Turtles. Uh, 2021 was the last matchup, it was 2017 in favor of Maryland. So not a whole lot of history here. And I think we have two teams who are going in very, very opposite directions on their season right now. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously both coming off losses. So uh, maybe somebody hears that and says, well, didn't Maryland just lose, but we obviously feel much different about Maryland and the, their potential right. than we do Illinois. But as I said before, the, the line has remained, it's at 14. Why is that? Like my guess is it's a it's the after the big game, you know, fall down that people are expecting. Uh, maybe there's still some public sentiment out there for Illinois defense. These are the things that I'm trying to essentially conspiracy theorize as to why this line has remained at 14 because I I thought this at least deserved like a 16 or 17 point spread. Do you have thoughts like that? I mean, I know we're already kind of breaking down to the end stuff. I mean, we'll obviously talk about the game, but I was a little surprised. You know, I, I feel like I'm starting to wonder, like, what 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 is Vegas seeing here? Yeah, I I don't know. Um, it's it's another one of those lines, like you said, it smells fishy, but I think it's got to be the NFL talent that is still on that Illinois defense that the Vegas is seeing and trusting, because there are still NFL guys there, but. 
Or is there an NFL guy? Is yeah. singular because we've we've lost we've lost uh um oh, half right. Randolph's, the, the, Randolph's, yeah, Randolph's out, right? Randolph's out. I don't know how many people understand that. So basically, is Johnny Newton gonna go and Dominican sue again? That's essentially right. he just is like, I'm gonna I'm gonna sue this thing up and nobody can block him. If that is the situation, that that could be enough to keep Illinois close and in this. Okay, right. like like it could be because I look around the team outside of that, I I don't know what I'm look. I don't know what I'm looking for here. Um, I I believe Beetle has took your stance. They are going to play younger guys. So now we're going to go, you know, halfway across the continent to play a team that is still kind of hungry. L- Lukey Legs is the entire offense. You know, this this Maryland defense gets at people more than I think people realize. I, you know what I mean? I don't. I I, I don't know this this. Definitely seems like a Maryland team ready to take advantage of an opponent like Illinois coming into their home home uh, turf. Yeah, one one of my notes I have written down here is this feels like a Leah get right game. Right, you know he yep. he kind of stumbled against Ohio State with the two really bad picks. This just feels like a situation where you could see him throw for. 325 yards and four touchdowns, like just kind of dealing and rush for another 45 yards. Like it just, it really has a feeling for that. And that's why the 14 points again to me just smells funny. Yep. And and that's what I see on offense. Like I just, this Illinois defense has had so many times where their secondary has just gotten gashed over and over and over again. And with Leah's um, athleticism and being able to escape the pocket, I can just see him keeping this game alive and yep. keeping the plays alive and just blowing this game open eventually. Yeah, I mean, I have in my notes, Leah's got to be the leader here. Uh, get the team back in and focused. One way to do that is to just pop some plays early in the game, which we all know Locks is amazing at at, at doing here. Um, I don't think Illinois has the answers to stop that from, from happening, unless, again, you know, Juice just goes nuts. But I, I don't know if I see a lot, a lot of that. Um, I, by the way, another thing, Illinois, penalties, insane amounts of penalties. Uh Giving the ball up like crazy. Guess who likes to take the ball and and go on big runs with it? Maryland. Like, I just don't like this matchup. I I guess I'll see if I'm proven wrong. Maryland fans, you've been screaming at me to uh, uh, predict your team to cover. Well, you got it. This is actually two weeks in a row I'm going to predict Maryland to cover. I've got Maryland 34, Illinois 14. So that's a somewhat easy Maryland cover. And at 48 points, I got that going just under the game total. Jordan is laughing at me again. How close are we again? We we feel very, very good, similar about this game. So I have yeah. Maryland 35, Illinois 13. So that's 22 points and comfortably that uh, stays what the total is still at 51, right? Yep, 51. Yep. So we're still under that total. Under. But Maryland minus 14 is my Amador double barrel lock of the week. Yep, this was on the table. For my Amador double barrel lock of the week, I just think ba- ba- I thought this I one was a little bit plucky for a little bit. Okay, that's right. It. I-, I thought this one was a little bit more stinky cheese than even the Ohio State one. That was <laughs> basically my reasoning. This was stinky cheesier than the other one, so I went with Ohio State. All right, moving on to the afternoon. We got a barn burner here. The <laughs> one and six UMass Minutemen at the five and zero number six ranked Penn State Nittany Lions. This is a two thirty p.m. game on BTM. Line Penn State by a robust 41 and a half points over under 58. So Vegas is saying something like, I don't know, 50 to seven Penn State. When are you in uh, State College? 
They have played one time before in 2014. Penn State won 48 to 7. Barn burner there, too. That, that so game. it's ironic that they're playing the UMass Minute Men because I feel like this game is only going to last <laughs> one minute for most of these men on the UMass sideline. Um, Good dad joke. Good dad joke right there. Yeah, uh, I just I I just don't see it here. Like this goes back to what we talked about earlier is does Penn State cover? That's the, right. the big question for me. And stay I, mean, I think they may they may come out of this a little bit sleepy off an idle week, and then I guarantee you their entire week last week of practice. They they might have spent one day Correct. on UMass and yep. everything else was Ohio State. So yep. uh, yeah. UMass not in a conference. They are independent. They've played one Power Five team this year, Auburn, and got beat fifty nine to fourteen. Auburn versus other Power Five teams have put up fourteen, <laughs> ten, and twenty points. So I'm just saying this ain't a explosive Auburn team. I don't know what to say, Penn State fans. There's not a lot of break to break up here. I mean, you're coming off an idle week. Uh, so you spent two days on this game, just like Jordan said. So like, I, I don't know what to expect other than, you know, you want to stay healthy. I think Katron Allen is back. So you would maybe want to just see your running attack, get into a lather quite a bit. You know, Drew Aller looks good. Get, get, get your guys off the field. You want everybody available. And that does play into what I'm predicting here because the weather getting the heck out of there. So I've got Penn state 47 UMass, six that is a half point umass cover i i just do not like this line okay um i liked it a little bit more when it was higher at the end of the week and at 53 points i do feel a little bit better about that staying under the game total of 58 so i have penn state 48 umass seven which is also a half point umass cover okay at 55 so we're the exact same difference, but just one point each more the other way. So yeah, it's I just it's a lot of points. Forty-one yep. points is so many points, and I don't think yep. Penn State's really. We know that James Franklin is the guy that knows what the spread is. <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see in the fourth quarter if it's close, if he's going for a field goal or a touchdown. So that is true. Oh, I didn't even think about that. He might just get, <laughs> he might just run the field goal unit out there just to cover that thing. Just to make sure. Uh, wow, that's a really good point. Why didn't you tell me that before? Okay, I'm going to stay where it's at. We can't, we can't change on the fly like that, but that is a really excellent point. Buyer beware for anybody that takes my uh, uh, gambling advice and actually plays it. All right, that brings us to the... Dick Tag Game of the Week. Getting a whopping 88% of the 800 votes. Side note here, people were, you know, chiming in like, why are we even voting this week? There wasn't. <laughs> I thought it. <laughs> okay. With that being said, just hold on tight. There's going to be worse next week. It's going to be the exact same thing. Uh, <laughs> uh, basically, whenever the big three TM play against each other, right? It's going to be the biggest game of the week, but. It's tradition, folks. I put a poll out for the top four games every week so that you folks can vote on it. We're gonna we're gonna keep doing it. All right. After that long setup, the five and one Iowa Hawkeyes traveling into Cheeseland to take on the four and one Wisconsin Badgers. This is a three o'clock p.m. game on Fox Line. Badgers by ten over under thirty four point five. Vegas is saying something like a twenty three to thirteen Badgers win. And just like everywhere else in the upper Midwest, this is a windy and rainy game in Madtown. Man, that line just keeps going down and down and down and down. That's just wild. The game total. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so Wisconsin leads the all-time series 49-45 and two. Super, super close. Iowa did win last year, 24-10. And little history note here for the, the gambling trend people. The home team has won the last four meetings in this series. Yep. One other trend that I don't think really matters as much, but this game has only had 30 points scored by the winning team, by one team, once in the last decade. That's insane. Yeah. So and there's one a, time has a, has the winning team scored 30 points in this game in the last decade. And I think and it I think, was like 2017, maybe. And there's like a 13 to seven game or something. Uh, in yeah. there. Goal, and it was like a game deciding on a goal line stand too. So now this might not be your slightly older brother's Iowa, Wisconsin game as our guy, <laughs> as our guy soup loves to say the, the uh, Patiers and Hawkeye. You've seen the video, right? The, where oh, they yeah. set it oh, to yeah. the nature film. Um, but is it, you know, is it that much different? Obviously what we're alluding to is uh, uh, Wisconsin has had a bunch, you know, change in philosophy and what they're going to do. But the thing is, I don't know, maybe it's like one of those more you change, the more you stay the same, because I still see a tight slugfest type of game happening in, in Madison. Yep, I'm with you. So I want to look at Wisconsin first on the offensive side of the ball because to me this is the side this is the point of this game. This is where this game gets decided is when Wisconsin has the ball and Iowa's on defense. Because we know what this Wisconsin offense was billed to be at the beginning of the year was this spread it out, throw it all over the place. And as we've kind of alluded to throughout the weeks, it seems like they've kind of started to revert back to the old school Wisconsin where they want to run the ball. My question is do we continue to see that Wisconsin team want to run the ball like they've been had some, having success with, or do they go back to trying to spread it out a little bit and throw it on this Iowa defense? Because if they do, and Tanner Mordecai's history of throwing picks, this Iowa defense, that's how this game gets squirrely in Madison is they'd start doing it and throwing it around and Tanner gets a little wild. Cooper DeGene is going to find a pick. I mean, yeah. it's going to happen if that yeah. happens. So I'm very interested to see what Luke Fickle and that Wisconsin offense, what the game plan is. Do they come right out trying to run it or do they want to spread it out and throw it a little bit? I, I you know, I hope non-Iowa. I think Iowa, Wisconsin, certainly. Minnesota and Nebraska fans are very interes interested in this game. I hope there's more interest in this game around the Big Ten as well because I really do think there are some intriguing things to check out. What you're hitting on there is huge. Uh, what does Wisconsin want to do and what will they be able to do offensively in this game yep. crazy stat all right iowa has more passing touchdowns on the year than wisconsin that is insane oh. yes that's right i so did I, not I, know that i think it's like five to four or something like that that's how few you know downfield mm. touchdown pass you know like uh there, and there was one last week a goal line really beautiful drawn up play to wisconsin's tight end uh, but outside of that, I mean, there, there's been a decent amount of spreading the ball around by Wisconsin. Um, listen, Chimray DK, Bryson Green, Skylar Bell, CJ Williams, all of these guys are available at any given pass play to make a play, catch the ball. To me, the Will Pauling is the go-to guy. That is who Tanner Mordecai has got the, his eyes on, okay? Now, here's the thing that I would throw out there, ironically, I will throw it out there is them <laughs> running the ball with Tanner Mordecai. This is the, an absolute hmm, okay. X factor in this game. 
the absolute gigantic advantage that Wisconsin has in this game is their quarterback can run and Iowa's cannot. I am sick of saying that out loud. I hope someday that that will not be the case. But man, check out the last couple games. Like they have now built this into the game plan. Before it was Tanner Mordecai taking off and running with it on pass plays. They've leaned into it now where it's design runs. And it's going to be something that's going to cause a lot of defenses issues. Iowa's defense will have issues defending it this this uh, weekend as well. It's just something to look out for 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 me. Yeah, that's a that's a really good point. I hadn't looked that closely into it to realize that they were they were featuring it that much. So the question then for Iowa on offense is: We know Deacon Hill. We know what he is I and mean, what he isn't. Do is there a? I mean, I know KF is in his ways and doesn't do certain things. Is there a chance that we see Joey Labis in this game? I would love to. So with 99.9% of Iowa fans, but just I don't, don't think, think so, we will. Huh? I, I would love to just see a couple packages where it's something that all of a sudden he's keeping it and running around the edge and taking off for 12 yards and it changes the tenor of the game. Almost because I think that will happen. We won't see it. I wish I was wrong, but that's just that's what I think. I, and, you know, part of that is just pessimistic on Iowa's offense. Uh, oh, right, speak, right. Speaking of something to be like somewhat positive about Iowa fans have been waiting forever to see an Iowa offense go against a Wisconsin defense that isn't led by Jimmy Leonhard. I do it. <laughs> I do feel that there is from what I've seen from Iowa's rushing attack and what I've seen in spots from Wisconsin's defense. I think there's the ability to run the ball here a little bit for, for Iowa. If Iowa can run the ball, they're in this game. You know, I think they're into this game pretty deep into the game. I'm not saying they're going to blast Wisconsin for uh, 200 yards rushing. I'm saying can they do 120 to 140 yards rushing if that's the case? Is that enough to kind of keep keep uh Wisconsin honest and keep this game going in deep into the fourth quarter? Yeah, that was the number one note I wrote for Iowa's offense. They've got to get Caleb Johnson going. They they've got to they it doesn't like you said, it doesn't have to be 180 yards. It's just you've got to establish something, get a few drives going, and then maybe you can get your play action working a little bit to Eric All and some other guys. That has to be the case. If this comes out and Wisconsin is just putting eight, nine guys in the box and saying you can't run on us, and they don't make the adjustment and aren't able to throw the ball, that's how this can get ugly for Iowa. For sure. Um, I kind of wonder if this is more of a LaShawn Williams game for Iowa, uh, but I would love to see Caleb pop a big one, you know, another big run like he did last week. Um and then, by the way, Deacon Hill going against his former team, you know, was started his career at Wisconsin. Oh, that's right. It's the revenge yeah. game. Yeah, it's it's not real. I mean, he went out of his way to say there's no ill feelings towards Wisconsin. So I don't I don't think that's a storyline. But boy, are they going to lean into that? Speaking of leaning into things, I, I would like to see Deacon Hill leaning into his offensive line on fourth down plays, fourth and short. Um, I would like to see him throwing the ball to our wide receivers and and making plays like he addressed how bad he was in the last game. It's nice to see somebody admit <laughs> that things aren't good. So, and you, and you just sit here as an Iowa fan. Self-reflection and, is the best thing. Right? Yes. And you sit here as an Iowa fan and you're like, if we just went 14 of 20 for 150 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. My God, Jordan, that's how low the expectations are. How much but it would change it would completely change the tenor of the game. It, it would. really would. But I can't expect that. But I would oh. like to expect that. But I don't know. You know, maybe there's something to getting away from the home crowd 
you know, a younger quarterback, does it help settle him down? I'm really grasping at straws here. Don't get me wrong, but it <laughs> basically it's, that's the stuff you have to look for on, on, on offense for Iowa. Um, and then on the other side, I mean, this is strength versus strength, you know, Braylon Allen versus that Iowa defense. I believe they just gave up their first rushing uh, touchdown last week of the whole year against Purdue. Going to be interesting. Can't wait to watch this this Iowa offense versus this new luck Wisconsin or Iowa defense, excuse me, versus this new look uh, Wisconsin. Are, we are going fun. to clip that. We are going to clip that little spot right there where you <laughs> say, I can't wait to see this Iowa offense. And we are going to share that with the world. Uh, sir, and I I'm probably the one have you. I'm the I one who send that the... to your wife, and that'll get you committed yeah. into a psych ward with that with that clip alone. She'd she'd want to put me in there soon. Uh, but I'm the clip <laughs> I'm the clippy and clipper, so I, I guess yeah, I get to decide great. where that's at. But um, yeah, Braylon Allen, uh, he was a little gimpy against Rutgers. It, it looked like an ankle. Sometimes with those ankles, they feel better in the fourth quarter than they do two or three days after the ankle injury. Right, I don't start know. Just swell up a little bit. Right? A little bit. I do like Jackson Aker. I think he's a little bit uh, better. Uh, then people maybe give him credit for. So he is a good backup, but I don't know. A lot of question marks here. Um, I'll do my prediction second. You go ahead and get into it if you're ready to go. Yep. So this game, I told you about the trends that I saw. I don't think we're going to see a whole lot different of a Wisconsin-Iowa game. I think this becomes a very traditional game in the sense I struggled with the score on this game a lot. I could not I knew who I thought was going to win the game. I knew how I thought the game was going to look, but I just have a hard time figuring out the number. So ultimately I settled on the most boring and traditional score I could, which is Wisconsin 21, Iowa 14. I think this is a game the whole way. I just, I just think Wisconsin overall on offense, defense together is a more rounded team right now. Yeah, we're pretty close. So again. That's 35. So that's just – just barely over on that, but under Ooh. her Iowa covers. So that's a that's a half point over with where that thing has screamed down. Yep. So you started under, but started it's, under. Now I'm over. Now you're a half. Point I'm over. picking an Iowa Wisconsin over. Shoot me. Yep. Um, the way Iowa wins this game is to have success running the ball and win the turnover battle. Uh, and I don't think it takes much more than that. Iowa running the ball and winning the turnover battle, but I think. Tanner Mordecai has gotten the memo. Okay. This isn't your slightly older brother's Tanner Mordecai. He's not throwing the ball all over the place. He is doing a much better job of protecting the ball. That's why you've seen the, the uh, passing yards. Part of the reason anyways, why you've seen the passing yards come down. So I don't think he turns the ball over. I don't think Wisconsin gives Iowa a lot of chances to, to just score with the ball and have success. Two guys to look for in this game that are going to be absolutely massive. Iowa kicker Drew Stevens, Wisconsin, Wisconsin kicker Nathaniel Vacos. These are going to be potentially the two most important guys on the team, along with the punters, of course. We always love to give uh, <laughs> um, the uh, credit to the punters. But in the end, just not enough there for Iowa. I've got Wisconsin 20, Iowa 13, so I've got one point less. <laughs> That's like the third time we did that. So if we even if we haven't been dead on, we've been like one point off for what we predicted. Yeah. So at 33 points, I also have this under and at a seven point spread that is an Iowa cover. There it is, buddy. Yeah, I think it's going to I do think this is going to be a, this was the Big Ten game of the week. I think it's going to be a great game to watch. So, yep, I think it will, too. Uh, speaking of watching, I will be happy to be watching all of these games 
in the hermetically controlled environment that is the downstairs athletic club. Oh, you, I got, you don't want to go to a game this week? I got, I got no <laughs> interest sitting out in the rain and cold. I love me some Big Ten football. <laughs> Not quite that much. And I've already... I've already committed to it. I've already told Mrs. Greek. I'm like, I am making a big old pot of chili on Friday night because as us experts know, the chili tastes better the it next day sit. on Saturday. It has, it has to, to sit, sit for at least 12 hours. At, at least, least 12 hours. Yep. Cannot wait. She got to give the wife credit. She loves, I think she likes my chili more than, than me. So she's always, she's always happy to partake. Mine, mine's the same way. Yep. Football season comes around. She's asked, when are you making a pot of chili? I'm like, oh, I really? guess if I have to. Same with me. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 I mean, there isn't much things more fun to make than chili. I mean, I just, no, because you can do anything with it. You got chili yeah. cheese fries, you got chili dogs. You mm-hmm. can eat just whatever you want to do. Good stuff. And then maybe like, so am I going to make chili this weekend? 100%. Yes. Will Jordan and I have a somewhat boozy after-game recording that we release Saturday night? <laughs> it could Maybe. be dangerous. <laughs> a lot of factors here. It's how much chili we take yeah. in, how much Amador whiskey we take in, and probably how the Iowa-Wisconsin game I was going to say, don't forget the number one factor and all that. <laughs> but we'll see. If not, we'll get it out as quick as we can yeah. on Sunday. But those are kind of fun sometimes. All right, you got anything else to add here, big man? No, I don't think so. I'm looking forward to another week of this season. Sad that we're over the halfway mark, but yep. another good week coming up. I am Jeffrey the Greek. I am Jordan. Don't forget to ask for Amador. This has been the Eyes on Big Podcast. We will talk to you soon.